What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another edition of B-Shape Daily. Hope everybody enjoyed their holiday weekend. The St. Louis Cardinals, however, did not. As the Cardinals have been struggling of late, welcome into the show. We're going to break it all down here for you. As St. Louis, in their trip to Milwaukee to take on the first-place Brewers over the holiday weekend, dropped two of three. And they came back to St. Louis, lost on Monday to the Dodgers in uninspiring fashion. And then Tuesday night was more of the same. The most exciting thing to happen in Tuesday's game at Bush Stadium, a home run by Albert Pujols. And of course, unless you've been in a coma for the last 10 years of B-Shaped Daily episodes, well, there hasn't been that many of them, but you get the point, unless you've been out of the loop, you know that Albert Pujols does not play for the Cardinals anymore. So that was not very inspiring for the home team's chances, though it was really cool to see. The crowd was not anything like what we remember from 2019 when Albert came back for the first time as a visiting player when he was with the Los Angeles Angels and he hit a home run during that series and got the standing ovation. Very powerful moment, special moment for Cardinals fans and for Albert as well. Tonight, another exciting moment that he just manages to provide despite kind of being on the last leg of his career. Not very surprising, though, that he does it, given that his numbers against lefties this season have been tremendous. Came into tonight with a 954 OPS against left-handed pitching. Cardinals started Jay Happ. There you go. That's why he was in the lineup. That's why he was batting third. You think, man, Albert Pujols at this point in his career to be batting in the three-hole for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the defending world champs, in a team with designs on repeating for that designation. I, If I'm Dave Roberts, I don't know why you'd want to waste any more time. When you get him in there against lefties, he's going to mash, and Albert able to do that tonight for another memorable moment at Bush. The rest of this game, though, for the Cardinals, not memorable. Neither was Monday. Just two nondescript losses where they just didn't battle. They just didn't look like they have any fight in them. And I'm beginning to wonder if the Cardinals are just going to fade off and go gently into that good night. A lot of Cardinals fans might be saying, yeah, I've been expecting that for a while. Welcome to the party. But man, for the last couple of games, it just did not seem as though the Cardinals were too close to anything resembling a chance to beat a competitive contending team like the Dodgers. Losing on Monday, I was still uh, flying back from a weekend in Houston, and so that's why you haven't heard from me, and that's why that I did not uh, cover Monday's game. But back in the saddle now, and will be down at Bush the rest of the week. Ideally, the Cardinals will give us something more interesting to talk about, though, over the course of the remainder of this series. As Monday, it was the Max Scherzer show. Not a lot to speak of. He strikes out 13 Cardinals. He just takes them to task and is able to mow down that St. Louis lineup. He saw Nolan Arenado get a day off in that game. And then on Tuesday, just a standard day off for Paul Goldschmidt. As Mike Schilt, trying to keep guys fresh, talked about the 10-day road trip off of which the Cardinals were emerging. And so that's part of the reason for two Matt Carpenter starts in the last couple of days. But I I just don't know that you can chalk that up to being the reason the Cardinals offensively have just looked very flat. You know, they come up with eight hits on Tuesday, but again, just two runs. 
their scoring output over these first couple of games against the Dodgers. Very uninspiring. Yes, in Monday's game, you can kind of chalk it up to the fact that they give up a lot of early runs in that game. And if you're trailing 4-0 out of the gate to Max Scherzer, as the Cardinals were on Monday, you probably don't have much of an expectation to win. And we've talked about that being a common theme for the Cardinals' offense this season. Again, it's not altogether unexpected. It can be human nature to feel defeated or deflated before you get out of the first inning and you're trailing 4-0. I mean, before the Cardinals even came to bat, in Monday's game, they were trailing 4 nothing Against Max Scherzer, a dominant starting pitcher, Miles Michaelis was not great in that game Monday, but he was able to get through five innings, so you're looking for the bright side. But I think Cardinals fans are kind of overhearing about the bright side in these games where you lose 5-1, to one, you don't mount anything offensively to speak of, you give up four runs in the first, and so you're not too interested in giving credit to Miles Michaelis for throwing up zeros in three of the four final innings of his day. Five innings, five runs, four earned on the day for Miles. Bullpen looked good, sure. Cody Whitley is somebody that we got to start talking about is starting to force the issue out of the Cardinals' bullpen with the job he's been able to do a couple of scoreless innings on Monday. Andrew Miller, Daniel Ponce de Leon also got into the action with scoreless frames of their own. But when you're down 4 nothing and you don't mount a charge offensively, it makes for a boring night at the ballpark. It happened on Monday, and it was kind of the same story on Tuesday in a game the Cardinals lost 7-2. They did get some production from Arenado after his day out of the lineup. He had a couple of runs driven in, one in the first inning and one in the third. He goes one for three with two RBIs. Sack fly and a base hit for Nolan Arenado. Continues to be an RBI machine for the Cardinals, and he's got the OPS there sitting at 810, so has stabilized his game of late. But that's the only offensive production the Cardinals got. It was two situational hitting spots for Nolan. He came through in both spots, but that was it. The Cardinals, again, you get eight hits. We've had these conversations about this team before on nights where they get eight hits, they walk a couple of times. That's 10 base runners. It's not a bunch, but it's double digits to where you'd think you might be able to come up, come up with maybe more than two runs. It didn't feel at any point as though the Cardinals were imminently going to rally. They got a couple of runners to second base. Yeah, you just never had much confidence that they were going to do much. Another boring loss in not the kind of loss that inspires any sort of confidence that they, they could turn things around. As September winds down, we knew this September schedule was going to be difficult. We had talked about that leading into the month that, hey, take advantage of August because it won't get any easier when you turn the calendar. Well, now the Cardinals have lost four games in a row, and they just have not looked as though uh, they're long for this postseason hunt. You know, based on what's going on in the rest of the division, the rest of the National League, they're not out of it. They're still only three and a half games back behind the Padres as of this recording. And the Padres have taken over the Reds for that second wild card spot as of right now. And so the Padres are who you're dealing with. The Reds are who you're dealing with. We know the Phillies have kind of worked their way back into contention. They're about a game up on the Cardinals right now. The Mets have even gotten themselves back to a position of 500 baseball, slightly above 500 baseball. So it's a crowded it's a crowded lobby of teams waiting for this elevator 
into the postseason, and I just don't know if the Cardinals are, are necessarily going to be able to rise above the rest of this group win enough games to get themselves there. It just doesn't look like it right now. We can talk about the outing for Jay Happ on Tuesday. Was better than he had been in his previous timeout. You remember the second game of the doubleheader. That was his game against the Reds last week when the Reds jumped all over him for seven runs and one-plus innings of work. Tonight, he gets the loss once again, but certainly was more effective than he was in that previous game. A couple of home run balls hurt him in this one, and then a few hits that kind of managed to find their way to falling in. Still gives up four runs, goes five innings, so he at least is able to traverse more of that Dodgers lineup than what you saw against the Reds last week. But I I think this is kind of where you are with the Cardinals rotation, too. It was nice in in August when Jay Happ looked like a, a diamond in the rough was a fine for the Cardinals front office that they really needed to, to come up with at that point in time to stabilize the rotation a little better. And it worked out. But that was kind of a smoke and mirror situation, perhaps. I think ultimately Jay Happ can have good starts, but you're not going to feel overly confident in the month of September relying on him to do what he did for much of August, which was quality starts are close to it for the majority of his appearances there. So it's it's a Cardinals rotation that, you know, you don't have Jack Flaherty. You don't feel like he's necessarily imminently returning. Mike Schilt talked about he's been playing catch, has a few more days of playing catch to go before they can really talk about ramping up his rehab process and what that would look like for Jack Flaherty. But if you're a Cardinals fan, are you even does that even make you feel good, the idea that Jack Flaherty is throwing and could maybe return this season? Or do you just kind of feel like, man, I'd rather not see him risk it. I'd rather make sure Jack Flaherty is ready for 2022. I think that might be a per- pervasive thought in the fan base at this point in time. You've got Jake Woodford probably starting Wednesday, or pardon me, Thursday afternoon, as Kwon Young Kim appeared out of the bullpen on Tuesday. Gave up two runs and inning a third. I'm just going to say it. I know that the the deal with KK, he wasn't great in his last start. And so the Cardinals, it seems like for whatever reason, with KK in particular, they have such a short leash on what they're permitting him to to try and do. And you could really go back to 2020, his first year with the team, for that because he was sensational as a starter once he got into the rotation last year. But you remember the weirdness with them starting him as a closer. It never made sense, and now they're trying to put him back in the bullpen. I think it's because he's in that in-between right now where he missed some time, had a short IL stint. They brought him back. They didn't want to use him as a starter, kind of like you remember in past years. It seemed like when Carlos Martinez was always getting injured, he'd come back late in the year, and they'd say, ah, let's just put him in the bullpen. We don't want to have to stretch him back out. Seems like they're overly ready to just kind of throw in the towel on KK as a starter. It's not like they're getting amazing performances up and down the rotation. But you've got Michaelis, who pitched recently and and not all that well. We talked about his game on Monday. Gives up five runs. You've got a half tonight, four runs. And this is just kind of the status quo for the Cardinals rotation. But then you've got KK, who still on the year is ERA 3.67, even after a rough night tonight. He is not suited for pitching out of the bullpen. I don't think he's ever going to have success there. I think the only chance you're going to have to finding success with KK 
is seeing it through and getting him into the rotation. But right now, that's not the way the Cardinals are electing to go. Jake Woodford is likely to start on Thursday. Mike Schilt turned it as TBD for the Cardinals starter on Thursday. This was prior to Tuesday's game. But then Kwon Young Kim pitched in the game. So it's pretty clear it's going to be Jake Woodford on Thursday, even though the Cardinals have not yet announced that. I assume that announcement will come Wednesday. But that's kind of part of it, isn't it? Like Jake Woodford, Cardinals made those trades to get Jay Happ and John Lester because they didn't want Woodford to have to continue to to grind it away at the major league level, maybe get him some better development down in Memphis. Perhaps that has taken place and the Cardinals are ready to see him back in the rotation. And it can't hurt at this point where the Cardinals are. They're scuffling once again. I just don't understand why there isn't more of a of a design toward shaking things up. Juan Yapez has been hitting the cover off the ball for the last month at Memphis, and he can't seem to find a call-up. Lars Newtbar can't seem to find the lineup, whereas he was kind of a spark plug there for a little while. And I don't know. I just You just don't feel a sense of urgency from this Cardinals team right now. Certainly not on the field in the way they're playing. I mean, that, that might be something that would offend the team. But listen, the proof has to eventually be in the pudding. And what we've seen from the Cardinals the last couple of nights, it's just not a lot of it's just not a lot of urgency. I don't know how to, else to describe it. With the offense and the complacency of where the rotation's at, it's just kind of like, a, yeah, we're going to get through five innings and we're going to give up four or five runs and, and give up a couple of bombs. And it's just going to be kind of the way this night's going to go. And they don't seem to be able to find traction offensively. And that's what you have to do if your starting rotation is not carrying you. That's why the Cardinals have got to find a way to win. You know, the last season and earlier this season, kind of before Jack Flaherty went down, the way this team was designed to win games was strong pitching and the offense doing just enough. If the pitching is doing just enough and the offense is what needs to be strong, you've got to find, you've got to find a way to make up that gap somewhere. And the Cardinals, I, I just don't know where it's going to come from right now. And so if we don't have the answer, if we're looking at the roster and saying, well, maybe something different, do something different. Try to bring up a young player. Like Matthew Libertor, it's not going to happen in 2021. You, you, if you listen to B-Shape Daily throughout the summer, you recall there was a point in time where I thought it was imminent that he was going to come up because I didn't see any other way. They were just struggling too much in the rotation to stick with the status quo. But they found a way to do it, and that way was to lose a lot of games. And that's what they did in June. That's why they're in a predicament, because they, they, did not, they didn't tread water in June. They needed to at least tread water, and they didn't do that. And so now they're still on the outside looking in of the postseason. And right now they're not playing their best baseball into September. And so there they, are areas of this team that, that you'd like to see perform better. But sometimes a shakeup to the personnel trying to, to inject some new blood, I don't think that could hurt. I would just like to see Yepes, if nothing else, get an opportunity. Like I said about Libertor, that's probably, it feels like the ship has sailed for this season. I don't know that that's the right decision. I don't know why it even is a foregone conclusion. But if you're just asking for my read on the situation, that's kind of where I've landed as of now, is that if the Cardinals were going to make that move, they already would have done so. Because there have been time and time again opportunities to do it. Of late, Libertor has pitched very well. He's got a uh, string of consecutive quality starts going that give you some confidence that maybe he could find at the big league level. But then you get into the conversation about service time and 
Is that the direction the Cardinals really want to go in a season where, and again, we keep using these qualifiers like in a season where they may not be built to last and may not be built to make the postseason, et cetera, et cetera. But that kind of feels like a strange way to approach it, given that this team is still just a few games out of a wild card spot. Shouldn't they be doing everything possible to make that happen? I think they're more inclined to go status quo, think that the, you know, dance with the group that brung you, except for where they've, where this group has brung the Cardinals in 2021 has not been to a postseason berth, at least as of right now. And so I'd be inclined to try to shake things up as much as possible. It's, it's not time to underreact. It, it, if you, if you go out in a blaze of glory because you kind of overreacted and tried to shake it up a little too much, then so be it. But perhaps that is what they're doing with, with Jake Woodford here. And I, and I should shut up <laughs> because you know, he, he did pitch well in a relief appearance, kind of rescuing KK the last time around over the weekend in Milwaukee. And so maybe the thought process now is, hey, that's what worked there. And so five and a third innings of scoreless baseball. So we're just going to roll with it here and see what Woodford can provide. That was in Saturday's game. He's now on turn to take the the starting job and and so he's going to probably be in line for that on Thursday and maybe that's the Cardinals version of the shakeup that they think is necessary at this point in the campaign but I mean what happened in that game on Saturday when the Cardinals lost four nothing Jake Woodford that was great for you know pardon me five and a third scoreless innings where he held the Brewers down but you lose that game four nothing because the offense never did arrive and so I do think that is a piece of the puzzle that is I'm not saying it's being neglected because they have They've tried things with the lineup. You've seen Arenado move to the four hole. They've split up Goldie and Arenado. They're they're switching things up at times with the leadoff man. You're just not getting enough consistent production from the group that they've got. And you know, I, I again, we've got time in the off season to talk about what could change and what that could all look like. But for right now, you're just not all too enthused with the lineup the Cardinals are running out there on a daily basis and if that's going to be the situation man bring Albert Pools back for 22 and just get the band back together at least have some fun some nostalgia for it because right now what you're getting out of the group you got to fix it for next season you'd like to think they could try to do something about it for this season Tyler O'Neill offensively still performing pretty well he went three for three tonight should shout him out a couple of doubles up and down the Cardinals lineup though it was DeYoung he doubled but he's still hitting 198. The OPS below 700. Bader's hovering a little above 700 now at 722. Yachty's really struggled offensively. He did go one for four on Tuesday, but OPS of 659. Carpenter is nearing the end here. Um, did reach 10 years of major league service time, which is a, a major accomplishment for, for MLB players to to arrive at. And Carpenter did that on Tuesday so congratulations to him. Unfortunately, it's just he just physically does not have it anymore and, and wouldn't be surprised, or I should say I would be surprised if this weren't his final season of his career. He's been a good consummate teammate through it all. Nobody would ever question that about him. But hitting 172 OPS below 600, he was in the lineup at, at first base tonight because he gave Goldie a day off. And that's just what I mean. I mean, that's the production you're getting as kind of the go-to corner infielder that takes the the starting job when when your main guys need a night off and that's not productive that's just not it's not going to get the job done and that's been a a sore spot for the Cardinals all season is the bench 
and just the lack of, of, of punch and the lack of depth in that in that area of the team, something else they got to find a way to address for next season. But for right now, it's going to just be a story of what can the Cardinals find a way to do to get themselves through the rest of these uh, month of September and then October, that series against the Cubs. Can they win some games? Can they make it interesting? They're going to have to beat good teams. And right now, they don't look like a team that can do that. The guy that could potentially help them do that is Adam Wainwright, who will go for the Cardinals on Wednesday. Dodgers starter, as of right now, is still listed as TBD on the MLB app. I don't know if there's been an update on that or if there will be. Uh, but, I mean, the Dodgers didn't even they don't even throw a starting pitcher. I mean, that's just how crazy what, what L.A. is doing. They had Knable start the game tonight, and then they used a, a slew of relievers and still held the Cardinals lineup down. And so... If that shouldn't frustrate you, I don't know what should because they didn't start anybody today, and tomorrow they haven't listed a starter. So I don't know what their plan is. Maybe there is one. But it'll be Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals. You feel confident in that. And there is some news to Adam Wainwright. It does look like he plans to return for 2022. That is the news from Tuesday as on his Big League Impact website, Wayno, as he teased on Twitter, 5 p.m. on Tuesday he released the video showing uh, him sitting on the, the family couch with his daughters, son Caleb there in the background, and wife Jenny behind the camera. He said to play or not to play, and he went around and asked all of his family right there and uh, their thoughts, and all of them said to play. And so he said, well, that's six for six. I guess we should play. And that's the whole video. Never did mention baseball, but Jeff Jones did hustle down to the field get a, a, a quick answer from Wainwright. That video was about baseball. And so that basically signals his intentions to pitch in 22. Does not signal that he's signed a contract with the Cardinals or that the Cardinals uh, you know, are even eminently working to do that. They should be. This is something that should happen within the week. Especially if we get a chance to talk to Wainwright tomorrow. Think a little bit of strategy in, in the time of, timing of this release because he knows he's pitching tomorrow. He'll have a chance to be asked about it by the media after Wednesday's game, but if he doesn't pitch well, then I know he's not going to want to talk about the future. But clearly this was uh, something that he had in the plans. And so Yadier Molina already coming back. He is signed. Adam Wainwright wants to return, wants to pitch in 2022. There is nowhere that he should pitch but St. Louis, and so the Cardinals should not let this linger into the offseason. Get it done. Get it over with. Know that, A, he's been your best pitcher, your most reliable pitcher, and one of the best pitchers in the National League. And so... There's no reason to to draw this out. And look, John Mozeliak said this about Yadier Molina. This was a direct quote. He said, what am I going to do, argue with this guy over money? Like he's a legend of the franchise. The Cardinals gave him $10 million. Is that more than he's worth probably in, in X's and O's and wins above replacement? Yes. But it's Yadier Molina. The Cardinals were able to lock him up and get that done. Adam Wainwright is a guy who is actually contributing wins above replacement statistically. And the Cardinals need to not make money an object. If it's $15 million, if it's $20 million, he's more than earned it. It needs to be, uh, you know, whatever whatever they got to do to get it done. Adam Wainwright's somebody they're going to rely upon in 2022 because you look at the rotation around him, there are question marks. They abound. And Waino was probably, in many people's mind, one of those question marks coming into this season. He's answered every single question at every turn and should be locked into the Cardinals rotation for 22. Just got to sign him up. And now that he's given the go-ahead that he does want to play next year, that's really all you need to all you need to know. Deal should be done within the week. So we'll see if there's any movement on that coming up and what the Cardinals end up looking like as they uh, continue to 
try to fight for the 2021, but definitely an eye on 22, and Wainwright would represent a part of that. That's going to do it, though, for this edition of Be Shafe Daily. Appreciate you guys, as always, for tuning into the show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you've not done so already. You can find us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll be locked in for all future episodes of Be Shafe Daily as they release. Thank you all once again for sticking with me. Appreciate it very much. And we'll talk to you next time on Be Shafe Daily. Peace.